0: Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues from Winterset, Iowa. We're going to visit with Luke Stutzman after we talk about River Ridge Farm one of our newer sponsors here on the Music of America podcast. River Ridge Farms is a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. You can find it by looking through Airbnb. Along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking trails, and other tourism activities, this spot is unique due to its multiple mountain views and resident farm animals. Talk to the owner and host Diana about coming to pet and interact with the pigs or do a farm stay in the comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps 11 guests easily enough space to throw events or just relax, rejuvenate and enjoy the beautiful Vermont landscape. It's called River Ridge Farm. You can find them in Airbnb or check them out on Facebook, River Ridge Farm. And I got to tell you, I've been there a few times. Gorgeous. My grandson loves playing with the pigs. Shouldn't be saying things like that to a farm man. Is that right, Luke? Are you a farmer?
1: <laughs> uh, I live on about uh, seven acres of timber, but uh, I have four chickens, if that makes oh, okay. me a farmer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Luke Suitsman's our guest from Winterset, Iowa. I just happened to look it up to see where you were, and you're kind of what, south of uh, Des Moines, pretty much in the center of the state of Iowa. So I just automatically yep. figured you're a, you're a corn husk, or you got to be growing corn and wheat, right? <laughs> you would think so, but no, no. <laughs> So what do you do when you're not writing great music and sounding like Chris Stapleton? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, I have a, a nine-to-five uh, working for a, uh, a Fortune 50 bank. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the banking service, uh, that's kind of what my day job is. I uh, Lots of hobbies. I, uh, uh, I have uh, 13 crows Vinnie axes where I take I, uh, vintage axe heads and, and retool handles for them and uh, sell those all across the nation. Wow. So if you're looking if you're looking to slit some wood or have a wall hanger or something like that, I I do that as a you know, a little uh, secondary money maker.
0: Hey, uh, somebody's got to, why not you, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> might
1: as well. Keeps me busy. I you know, I I got a lot of uh, artistic outlets, you know, so I yeah. gotta get them out
0: somewhere. So Well, I really want to get into your music in a little bit, but and because I was just so intrigued by it, it's just got such a beautiful and sweet and soulful country sound to it reminiscent as i said earlier of, of chris stapleton and you said you've been compared to him. we'll talk about that but let's talk about how you got there have you been playing music and singing your whole life or no
1: you know i i picked up the guitar i, I moved I, I i grew up in a small town in southwest iowa of about 700 people and uh joined the military um moved up to the uh, des moines area to get out of you know i just wanted to experience a little bit of life getting out of that small town and and uh i think that was 21 years old when i you know i always liked the guitar i just never learned it mm-hmm. and I always and I get, i'd sing a lot you know obviously sing a lot to the radio and, and some friends would be like hey you got a decent voice and i'd be like whatever um <laughs> and then yeah i moved up to des moines i didn't know a single person you know uh, other than my roommate and uh had this old 50 dollars guitar and i just started playing it and it was horrible And slowly just kind of taught myself how to play and figured out how to strum and sing together. And, uh, um, you know, that was kind of the start of, uh, and I just loved it. You know, I just, all my free time, Uh I'd spent playing. It was mostly acoustic. Um, And then, you know, through friends of friends, I found a couple other guys that liked to play. And then we started a band and, you know, started playing out. And I just, you know, there was something about playing in front of people.
0: Yeah, no matter yeah.
1: how good or no matter how good or bad you are, playing in front of people and getting some applauses is, is pretty nice. Some motivation to keep playing.
0: Practicing. So, what what kind of band and uh, what was the name?
1: Uh, well, initially I started a band with my older brother, which is now he's a in a country western band, an okay. outlaw country band, um, and locally. Um, I started a band with him, and we just played bar music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went uh, and then we went by the name uh, My Dog Jeff. We just thought it was like <laughs> a stupid dance, yeah. You know? <laughs> but the uh, uh, my friend Travis, we started playing. We went by the band named Fork. We just wanted a nice and simple name, we yeah. something goofy, and yeah, we played all the bar music. You know, Brown Eyed Girl, Pink Houses, all the yeah, stuff yeah. you hear here at bars. And and uh, and we all started. We all liked obscure music. We were all uh, fans of the band Fish, but we weren't good enough musicians to play their music. Yeah. We liked whatever like songs that they covered like velvet underground stuff like that we mm-hmm. started covering you know violent femmes just weird stuff that you wouldn't normally hear out a duo right and right. people and people loved it people loved it not hearing the same music they hear everywhere else and, and we just really liked it and then we got a couple more friends that you know were drummers and bass players and we started like this uh kind of like a wannabe jam band you know we're uh-huh. out in, but we weren't you know but we weren't really Yeah, the greatest musicians to have that style of band to be long improvised jams but we had fun Mm -hmm. you know and then uh, you know life happens and you and then i just went out on my own and i just found it way easier to go on your own and and you can do what you want play the time signature that you want if you want to change it up and i just uh just have a look back playing solo i just really enjoy it
0: when did you start doing or introducing your own music into your sets
1: um in 2000 the first time i had any of my own music was in 2008 and i don't play either of the songs anymore really they were like they were kind of uh, they were kind of rough um they they had meaning they had a lot of meaning to me Mm -hmm. um and i played them live a few times um but the recent batch and i'd always been writing i got notebooks full of of song lines or poetry or um half songs or titles for songs that give me ideas and and, uh I put those away um in 2009 my wife passed away from breast cancer we were 39 years old and uh Mm. I had a three-year I had a three-year-old son and didn't know uh, the first thing about raising a child and so I had put everything on hold I put my guitars away put my writing away and just raised him and then when he got old enough to remember me playing like he would be like i remember you playing a lot you should play again and then now that he got older and i had more time i'm like you know what you're right i really enjoyed it i need to get back into it you know so i got to thank him for kind of pushing me to do that and then um so i started uh playing out a little bit more and then the biggest thing was when COVID happened i had all the time in the world and uh my uh, fiance. Uh, we moved out to this property, um, uh, in the country and, uh, she was always telling me, you should write more. And I have this little shop that I build my axes in and I would just tell her, I'm like, I'm going down to the shop. I'm not coming back till I write a song. <laughs> and I'd go I'd go down to the shop with uh you know, I have an old beater guitar that I take down there and I came back with right on the wind and, uh, played it for her, and, uh, and she was like, that's great. And then, you know, over the next few months it kind of morphs into uh, a, a better song. And then I just kept doing that. I would just go lock myself in the shop. And I said, I'm not coming back till I write a song. And then, you know, at least nine songs came about and they're yeah. all about, uh, you know, I, I, I feel that they're like Southern Iowa music singer songwriter. It's more about like growing up in, 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 in Southern Iowa, small town Iowa and, uh, you know, like, um, uh, you know, one of the songs is about my son. He graduated this year.
0: Uh-huh.
1: it's called and it's called Nose to the Grindstone. And and uh, I should have sent you that one. It's one of my favorites, but uh um I didn't have a good recording of it. But it's 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 called Nose to the Grindstone. It's like all the things that maybe I should have told him or I did tell him or I wanna tell him before he moves on to
0: real life. What's you know, he gonna do school. at eighteen? What's he gonna do? He's uh right now he's studying to be a fireman. Oh no kidding. Okay.
1: Because yeah, dad
0: dad was in the military, so I wondered if maybe follow dad's footsteps and join the military.
1: Yeah, it's a thought of his still. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, he wants to be a fireman for sure, and uh, I think it's great. So
0: it's cool that that you'll write a song and revisit it and tweak it and re- rewrite it, and then say this is pretty good, and then you listen to it, and say, "What if I did this?" And you you, it's mm-hmm. it's like a work in progress, even when it's finished. Oh until- sure. Now is, is, and cause you brought it up, but the songs we're going to listen to in the first one we're going to talk talk about is confess, right? Mm-hmm. How many times did you approach that one? Or is that a one time too?
1: Uh, you know, that song wrote itself re- really easily. I was, I was trying to put myself in different positions, like, uh, to write songs. Like I would get like a hook or something yeah. like that. one I came up with the initial hook and I'm like, what's this song about? And then I put myself in the shoes of a guy that, uh, he sees a girl and he's too afraid to talk to her. And, uh, and he wants to confess that how, how much he likes her. And, uh, um, so I put myself into shoes. All right, I'm going to write that story of a guy that sees that he sees this girl quite a bit. He's fallen in love with her, although she doesn't even know who he is. And, uh, how would he, how would that go about? So I brought that song up from the shed and I, I played it for Beth and, um, she was like, Well, well, how how's it end? You go through your whole song, and does he get her or not? And I was like, that's the whole thing. You don't know in the end. He's just, he's just like, what if I did this? Could could, if I bought you a drink, could we sit and talk? Um, But in the end, you don't know. Did he get her? Did he not? Did Did he even go talk to her? You know, and and that's the way I kind of left it up for interpretation. Of, well, I don't know.
0: It's like the what's that old story, the lady and the tiger. Did yeah, over, right. City over-, <laughs> over the door with the lady, lady of the tiger. That's funny.
1: <laughs> so but that one wrote that one wrote itself very quick. Um and uh you know, I came up and I explained it to her on my thought process of We changed a few things. She always she's always there to help me, but I'd be like, oh, why don't you change this word or this verse because mm-hmm. it's it's confusing, you know, it may not be confusing to you, but to the listener. And I'll yeah. tweak it a little bit and then I'll play it, and then I'll play it all day you know hundreds of times trying to get it down to where the melody that that i like or the timings right do i change key do i put a capo on um and i finally find it and then usually that night and uh i'll sit her down and i'll play it again and she'll be like that's it okay or she'll or she'll say
0: yeah
1: revisit that one later and that's when i know that it's one of the throwaway songs that's
0: funny. You know, but, so. you, brought up, you brought up the word hook. I, my first radio gig was in Joplin, Missouri, and we used to sit around. Uh, we, Monday nights, we played poker, watched Monday Night Football. We played poker until I had to go and do my talk show at 10 o'clock at night. And one of the arguments we would always get into is, what is the hook of a song? And is it mm-hmm. is it a phrase? Is it a musical phrase? Is it a da 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 da, da like on Miss mm-hmm. You from the Rolling Stones? Or is it, do, 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 what's the matter with you, boy? The lyric you know yeah so how do you define a hook what is the hook for you
1: i mean i think it it goes song to song yeah Um, in 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 the song we were just talking about it 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 was uh it was the initial chord progression or the initial uh the melody that stuck with me to be like i'm gonna keep that because i like that i think i can write something on that and whether that's a hook in the traditional sense i don't know you know i meant to study music i just self-taught myself Uh, but i think it can be all i think it can be lyrics i think it can be uh, a line right you know that could that could be the hook whatever to me what a hook is and i know it's probably not traditional sense is whatever whatever will keep you moving forward to write that to finish it you know something has to be interesting to the musician right. for him to keep going otherwise it's boring it's going to be boring to everyone
0: i always i always contended that the hook is the most memorable part of the song sure it might be a lyric it might be a, a song phrase it might be a note it might be a lingering single note it might be a dead pause but if that is what makes that unique to that song that you remember it that is the hook and sometimes the hook is nothing you know sure sure so. yeah uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I and- actually got my butt handed to me on that argument, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man, I you know, I think music is
1: is free and and w- to me, whatever keeps you writing and moving forward and making it better and making it your your own, uh, yeah, you, you know, is 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 what it is. So,
0: well, I dig your music a lot, Luke. I think I've mentioned that a couple of times already on this podcast. to I'll talk to you forever about this. when We don't start playing something. So, I am <laughs> sure, sure. We're going to play the first song and what would tell us the hook? What's the hook on Confess?
1: Um the for, uh, well, to me the hook was the intro. Yeah. And okay. uh, you know, it's a, it's it's just the musical intro that I really enjoyed. Uh that I came up with that and then I was like, "Oh, I got to get some lyrics." Yeah, you know, and smart. then it's like I look around the room or look around my shop or be like, do I have anything that I've been thinking of as, as far as a story? And instead of, you know, nonsense lyrics, is there a story that I want to weave? And then something will happen and it'll spark it. And then I just go on to fly. And most of the songs, the initial uh, 90% of the lyrics is is within 10 minutes. Wow. And then it's fine. And then it's usually fine-tuned. And it, there's a lot of changes, but the initial... Story that I'm weaving is usually happens pretty quick when I get in, and when I get that hook started and I uh, in the story I want I know
0: I want to tell. Well, we're going to play your first song here and listen to that instrumental hook at the beginning. We're with Luke Stutzman from Witterset, Iowa. The first song of his we're going to play is a song called Confess.
2: See you across the room Smell of your perfume Finding the courage in myself Don't know what to say Thought about it every day Putting my nerves upon a shell What would you think Bought you a drink. Would you say yes? If I would confess. Sit and have one more beer. Maybe it'll quell my fear. Visible shield upon my chest. My hands are trembling. I feel the nerves creeping in. You wanna be anyone's second best? What would you say? about it every day Would you say yes If I will confess Though we've never spoken my love for you is a mountain you should climb What would you think if I bought you a drink Would you say yes If I would confess
0: Confess, Luke Stutzman on the Music of America podcast from Winterset, Iowa. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Octave mandolins, Joe Mendel's signature piece of art, gives you that sweet tone somewhere between a mandolin and a guitar. It has that mandolin punch while also delivering a sustain and range of a guitar. And he builds them to your specifications. You may prefer an Adirondack top to the Sitka. You might like black walnut, mahogany, rosewood, maple. You select the wood, you select the style. And Joe will make it for you. Your very own octave mandolin, all in part flavor of their own and to their own tone. I call them Mendel's Mandos. He calls them the octave mandolin and they're available at Joe Mendel's frets, Joe Mendel's frets.com. So Luke, you said you got a knock around guitar and you play guitar. Do you play other instruments as well?
1: No, not really. I mean, I played drums when I was in high school for a little bit, which I, I really enjoyed, but, uh, I played harmonica probably the longest out of anything, which I played harmonica um, probably a n- before I played guitar. Really? Led blues harp a blues uh-huh. harp style. And then I started playing in the band. I would bring it out. I did the whole Neil Young thing with the holder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I played with some pretty decent, uh, you know, just play a song with some bands that were in town. I used to love it. And it was the easiest instrument ever. You carry it in your pocket, show up if you're right. the harmonica player, you don't have to carry any gear around. Just hope somebody um, playing a
0: one, four, five somewhere. and You can just jump <laughs> yeah, right in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Like a, a, you know, blues in C I, I was there. I was ready to go. Um, but I got the only, you know, is that
0: the only harp you had was a C harp?
1: No. Geez, oh. I had a, at one point, you know, I got into blues traveler. Oh, really? I and I, and I'm like, that guy's amazing. I'm never going to be as good as him, but I started, you know, really researching him. And it's like, Oh, that guy has a, he has every key but yep. what are the best keys? What, what keys do I need? And it was like, it was like F maybe it was F sharp, A and C and maybe a G and you can cover everything. Really? You can cross harp everything. And I'm like, okay. So I went out and bought all those, but I haven't played it in years, but.
0: Explain um, that start- to me. Stop right there. Cause I've heard that phrase like forever. I had, I had <laughs> bought from musician's friend, a packet of all the major key harps. And I started reading my cr- cross harp, and I just got lost. So explain to me what cross harp is. Oh man, 25 I'm not sure. Words I'm, less.
1: I'm not sure if I'm the right one to explain that too long. Which okay. is another thing that I think I wish I would have learned more when I was learning guitar. But you know, I think when you're self taught, you get a lot of you get a lot of bad habits because you don't really know what you're doing, and you're just watching. You know, so this is before the, you know. I yeah, I started playing before the internet, so it wasn't easy. Yeah. to watch videos or to find music and then the, i remember when i stumbled on you know the internet what came out in the early 90s or whatever and it was like all this tab was out there i'm like this I think is some of the
0: best. i think some of the best musicians that are out there that have been out there throughout our era were self-taught no i agree like
1: jimmy hendrix jimmy yeah. hendrix was self-taught he didn't, didn't know a lick of couldn't read a lick of music and you know probably one of the best guitar players ever
0: yeah yeah so who you listen to now
1: um, I, am still a big fish fan. You know, they yeah. just, they just, uh, finished up their, uh, their, uh, summer tour in, uh, Denver. I try to catch a show every year. I didn't catch one this year. I was just a huge fan of train and Um, you know, funny thing is I bought this, the my, uh, my main guitar is a Godin a six, yeah. uh, which is a high, hy- which is a hybrid. You it, it can play it has a, a PZO pickup and a humbucker in it. You can have two lines out. You can split them. Or you can blend them, and I bought this guitar because it, it didn't have any feedback, and I like to play loud. Um, and I went, and I never heard of them. They're a Canadian company, amazing guitars. And I just went out to their web page, and it's like artists that use our gear. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I ran, I stumbled on this guy called Martin Sexton, out of Syracuse, New York. Yeah. And I was hypnotized by this guy, solo guy, amazing. Like he's like the reason I started writing and playing again because he really? is so, so amazing. So I think I, uh, he's probably my biggest influence and I still listen to him to this day. I just uh, we just went and seen him a few months ago. Um, lately, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Jason Isabel. Yeah, because um, his songwriting is I mean, I don't know if there's a better songwriter right now than Jason Isbell.
0: I'm just I, I, I going to say I can't. Amazing. I can't think of somebody right now that tells a better story.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's kind of the style that that I of uh, uh, writing that I want to do right now is to have a story instead of just being like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll put these lyrics together. I, I want it to lead somewhere, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I, he he uh, is definitely an inspiration. He, I, I really enjoy listening to him right now.
0: So you get your musical inspiration from Fish and your lyrical inspiration <laughs> from Jason Isbell. By the way, Fish, I don't know if you know this, but I'm talking to you right now. This part of my life, I'm in Burlington, Vermont. That's where Fish originated.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: We just had a big benefit concert for, uh, last Monday, Sunday? Sunday night, I guess. It was Sunday night, I think. And it was uh, for the farmers and all the local musicians of, of, of want and caliber. And I believe the drummer from Fish might have been in town for that. So if he was, he was one of the drummers there. But yeah, they all put cool. together his benefit concert to, uh, uh, for this, this this fund called "Hug Hug, Your, Hug the Farmer, Hug Your Farmer," mm-hmm. and they all played Bob Dylan music. Ah, that's cool. It was really really cool, Luke, because somebody would come out. They do their version of uh, Tambourine Man, but then somebody else would come out and do an entirely different version. Sure. Of, maggie may there was a actually a rage against the machine tribute band that did rage against the machines version of maggie may it's <laughs> all death metal and i'm like i can't <laughs> wait to see this happen and it was one of the most exciting songs of the night yeah man. i bet it was cool it, it was really cool. something yeah so where do you practice do you just practice on your own do you just pick up an axe and start playing it at home or do you go down to your shop or where do you practice most uh
1: of- this summer it's been too hot in the shop but i have a, a little studio i have set up in my basement and okay uh, because when i when i when I practice for for, for live shows i, I want to practice as i'm playing uh-huh. so i want it to, i want it to be the same volume which annoys everyone but i want it to be loud i want to be everything set up the same way i want yeah i use a pretty big pedal board for being a solo guy no kidding. because i want because i want as much different sounds as i can get you know uh-huh. um a decent size pedal board for for a solo guy um So I like to have it all set up the same. So when I, when I go there, I know where everything's at. Um, But yeah, I I mostly play in the basement. Sometimes I'll just be on the couch. I have a, an older, um, I'm a a Martin guy when it comes to acoustics. Uh Um, And I have a, uh, I think it's one of the laminate back and sides with a spruce top that I picked up a long time ago for like a hundred bucks and it just sets in the, in the living room on a stand. No just humidity set, control. Just
0: sit no, there and look pretty, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: yeah. And uh, sometimes I'll just be watching TV and all of I'll look over and see it and I'll just grab it and I'll start playing. And sometimes songs come out of that. You know, yeah. you never know. So anytime anytime it's calling me to pick it up, I pick it up. And
0: That's whether it's
1: fun. five minutes or three hours, you who knows how long it's gonna be. So
0: I've got a studio I'm building just outside of St. Louis, my home in Missouri, and then I've got guitars up here and in Vermont. And the other day I just on a whim I got my guitars out and I've just picked up a new 12 string and then I picked up a PRS when I bought the PRS the guy said well, listen you want this this acoustic too and I'm like well no, I don't know and I'd already knocked the guy down about 100 bucks off his price I said I'll give you 50 bucks for the other guitar so so I got that too and I thought I'm gonna get these guitars now I'm gonna just set them up so I got them all up on racks now on stands rather in my living room and it's the same thing man. I'll walk by and it's like <laughs> one of the guitars will say pick me pick me yeah yeah
1: that's great yeah i mean that i think that's one of the the few instruments that that can do that because you can just have them out and then yeah you know you'd be like oh i haven't played that one in a bit i gotta play that one you know so so
0: so you just won the lottery you're you're now 600 million dollars richer what's the first guitar you go out and buy
1: oh man i would really love to have a vintage martin uh d28 um but you know what we, when I was in the jam band that we were in uh, our name was uh, Mojo Stew was the name of that band short lived band
0: cool name a great man. name though great name
1: uh, <laughs> um I played a uh, Les Paul classic
0: oh did you It was a new okay.
1: it was uh you know a 2000 it was brand new to me it was brand new yeah but um, it was like a 2007 or 8 model I loved it you know it had yeah. the uh, honeyburst finish on it loved it uh, and then when I got out of that band and decided to go on, on my own, I'm like, I I gotta trade this thing in for an acoustic, which I trade in for a Jumbo Martin, which I oh, love and played for a long time. But I think I would probably get an, a Les Paul, maybe a Vintage Les Paul if money was no option, just because I think everybody should
0: have one. No, I, I agree. But, I mean, we should have a Strat but, and a Telly yeah, and a Les yeah. Paul and a Paul Reed Smith and a Martin, yeah, no, and a Taylor. You
1: know what? The <laughs> funny thing. The funny thing about Paul Reed Smith guitars is I'd never played one. I went to a, uh, crazy horse guitars in uh, downtown Des Moines, which is no longer there. And I was a Les Paul guy and a Martin guy. And that was it. Yeah. Never played anything else. That's just what I wanted. And I was stubborn about it. He had a black PRS in there and I did not like black guitars, but he goes, yeah, you should play that one. Fell in love with it. I couldn't afford it. I mm-hmm. wasn't even there to buy anything and to this day i think about that guitar it's like some guitars speak to you and yeah. that one did and i just couldn't afford to have it but i'm like man that thing was something about it was was amazing so um yeah pr uh maybe one of those uh mccartney those hollow body uh oh yeah PRSs, though, that'd be a sweet guitar to have really I would, nice. might have one with. but yeah
0: let, let's get on to your next song because I can talk guitars for hours too. Sure, sure. <laughs> so originally I had it written down. The song is called Ride, 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 but now it's really called Down, Down, Down. So are we riding yeah. down, or is it a downward <laughs> ride? Or tell us about that. <laughs> tell us about how the uh, the, uh, the the fickleness of the name.
1: Uh, you know that song. Um, it was always called Down or Down, Down, Down. I'm not sure why Ride, Ride, Ride. I may have wrote it wrong when I responded to you. Uh, but this song is. Um, came to me in the in my act shop when i was down there another one of those hey i'm gonna go write a song way back could be an hour could be 10 don't know but uh and uh i was coming up with this story about just a guy living in small town for for me small town iowa with not a whole lot going on and um and i was like you know if you some of some people if they stick around small towns long enough they they start going down the wrong path uh-huh. because there's not a whole lot to do you know and i was like man what, what would happen if i would have stuck around in this path and you know went down the wrong path so it was like it's, it's kind of a, a, a story about a guy that has made some bad choices and uh you know and it was just like his parents are like man if you don't change your ways the only way, way you're going's down and then that's kind of the story that I'm telling about this guy. That's like um, he's, he's making bad choices. He's going down the wrong path. And, and it's like, um, I think the, the, the chorus part of it is, and um, why don't care to this uh, uh, burden, like Christ did the, um, like Christ did, like the, Christ cross. did the cross. Yeah. Right. You know, and that, and then that stuck with me and I'm like, okay, so he's 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 seeing the evils of his ways and in a willy change and then, you know, I I think in the end you still don't know if he if he if he made it out of it or not which is a kind of open ending. It's another cliffhanger,
0: is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think I kind of enjoy writing those. It's like oh, it's up to everybody's interpretation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there's there's this movie my my brothers and I we'll, we sit around and we'll play hearts and we'll cite lines from movies. One movie we repeat all the time is The Big Chill. And William wow. Hurt at one time in the movie he says, I'm just not into this completion thing. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> that's what this that's so confess was kind of open-ended, and down, down, down is kind of open-ended. So let's let's draw our own conclusions and listen yeah, to it. Sure. So with Luke Stutzman from Winterset, Iowa, and the next song we're gonna listen to is Down Down Down. <laughs>
2: Say don't go drinking in those bars We'll I- Listen to me and what I'm trying to convey
0: Down 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 from Winterset, Iowa, our guest today on the Music of America podcast, Luke Stutzman. We'll be back with Luke in a moment. Ladies, you don't need big promises, you need results. Simple Beauty Retinol Measurizer contains only the best ingredients for your skin. It doesn't contain the necessary ingredients that may cause further skin issues. Specifically formulated, the Retinol Moisturizer helps reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, making the skin appear younger, softer, smoother. Powerful combination of, powerful combination of antioxidants, vitamins A, C, B5, and E fight premature aging by blocking DNA damaging free radicals and promoting softness and elasticity. They contain natural ingredients along with aloe vera, jojoba oil, rose water, and sunflower oil, which are all great for alleviating a variety of skin conditions. Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer. It's available at SimpleBeautySkincare.com. It simply works. So, Luke, you're in banking, and you make axe handles when you're not playing music. When you've got some other artistic expressions, you said, "What else do you do?"
1: Um, oh, I mean, I was—I went to art school when I went to college at Northwest Missouri State. I went to art school. That was what I wanted to do with my life. I uh, was gra- be graphic a graphic artist. I was a Go portrait ahead. artist for a while. Um, you know all before i i uh, stumbled on guitar you know And then you know once i went you know i painted for a bit um charcoal artist for a little while i was just always you know my whole family is pretty artistic in one way or another um
0: where's the music I, where's the music gene in your family who's that come from
1: uh you know what when i was growing up my dad i remember going up to the local tavern and this was, God, this would have been in the 70s, probably late 70s, yeah. I went up and I remember seeing my dad was, they were in a honky-tonk band, and I was just a, a little guy, uh-huh. and uh, so I must have been where it comes, you know, because when I grew up, my mom was a Beatles and Elvis fan, and my dad was Waylon and Willie, Johnny Cash fan. so I got okay. all this, all this cool music, you know, so we, uh, we really got to see, uh, you know, so I remember going down and going through their albums, and then stealing a Beatles album and running upstairs and playing it and and then stealing the Outlaw album, stealing that, you know, so I got a little bit of, but so I don't know if we, my, you know, my dad hadn't played for, uh, you know, didn't play when I was in my teens or anything, but I just think having that music around the house and all the different genres playing, you know, I think, you know, maybe helped them help that along, but I don't, I couldn't tell you. But one day I picked up guitar and some magic happened, and I just never put it down.
0: Wow, there's a again another movie, but in the outtakes of Pulp Fiction,
1: my favorite movie, by the way.
0: Is it really? Well, did you see the yeah. what the the director's cut? I think Tarantino left this in, and and uh, Mia Wallace interviews John Travolta's character and says, "There's two types of people in the world: Beatles or Elvis." So are you a Beatles person? If you have to choose as a Beatles or Elvis person, are you a Beatles or are you an Elvis? I'd be an Elvis, No. Kind of figured because you got that influence from your mom plus the outlaw side from your dad.
1: You know, and I just think uh, uh, Elvis was a little more bluesy. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I lean towards the blues a little bit more um, than I do. You know, I think well the Beatles were an anomaly, right? They, they played a lot of different genders. There's the eight days a week Beatles. That was mm-hmm. family friendly, and then there was a little bit of the darker stuff. And I like the darker stuff for the Beatles. I like the uh, more of their harder, a uh, little edgier stuff. Um, but I liked, you know, my mom is a huge. She had a whole room with Elvis shit in it. I was, oh, can I guess <laughs> on your podcast? I don't even know. Yeah, um, she had a whole, <laughs> but she had a whole room dedicated to Elvis. So I'd have to say Elvis. So she probably so on me. But I like <laughs> all music. I mean, there's not a lot no. I don't like.
0: Well, it's interesting you brought up Elvis because I went through a phase growing up neighbor across the street who was years older than us, uh, but she was just really into Elvis and kept trying to jam Elvis down our throats. This is in the 60s. So I was, you know, prepubescent and she's, you know, in her late teens, early 20s. And, you know, as we got older, we hung out with her more because she'd buy us beer, you know, (laughs) 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 but she was such a huge Elvis fan that I, I soured on Elvis and I've never really, given his non-pop stuff a chance because I just got yeah. inundated with it so much. And right after that were the Beatles, and I got sick of them. Now yeah. I'm in my mid-60s. I'm rediscovering the Beatles, and I am loving it. And then this, yeah. I told you about this thing with Dylan the other day. So now I'm listening to people reimagining music. I just today found on a, on Spotify uh, 50 artists that are reimagining Neil Young songs. yeah sure it's really really cool and just by bringing up elvis i have to do this with elvis now i have to start listening and see what i missed (laughs) what made him so popular because i thought it was all hype you know yeah i've never really given him a chance as an artist to see what he could say you know i mean i've watched a couple of movies and stuff and yeah he can sing Mm -hmm. but back then everything was lip-synced and dubbed over so really how how good is he really (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. I mean
1: yeah he was a pioneer for uh, back then between uh, you know what was considered black music and white music yeah. you know and he was just kind of the, the he, I think he was probably the one of the, the biggest influences on um, that that crossover yeah, you know, yeah. Be- between you know old um, black blues to you um, you know to to let the beatles and the stones and and everybody and i you know rather love love him or hate him i mean he was he really was a pioneer you know to 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 cross those boundaries and yeah. you know that's why i think he was so loved you know And he was a pretty darn darn good looking dude back then
0: yeah know? yeah do you <laughs> so, think do you think Elvis influences your music today
1: uh yeah i think so you know it's a you know not directly not that I can like pinpoint, but I mean, I, as much as we listen to him as, as kids, I'd have to say
0: it would it, have to be a, I got a, in there somewhere. But you don't go uh, out of your way to say, "Hey, I'm going to use this lick out of uh, Moody Blue," or "I'm going to use." No, this- no. Okay. No. Some people will do that. They'll say, "You know, Elvis did this. and If I just make it my <laughs> own by making it a, a G sharp minor," you know. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the last song we're going to listen to is it's it's the single that you have on Spotify. We'll talk about that in a moment, but. Right on the wind, and it's such a good song. It's—I've uh, listened to it maybe six times today, Luke. And each time, like I walk away and then I'll come back. I, I sat down with my guitar and played along with it one time, you know. And yeah, uh, sure. each each time I listen to it, I, I just get something else out of it. It's just—I uh, think—a powerful song with not a powerful message, and it's not you're not breaking ground on something mm-hmm. revolution in the music sound. It's just it's like all the components of what you want from a song and a songwriter to have all came together on this song. And I think you did an excellent job sure. of that. So you said you that. revisit, you revisited this though, How many times you think?
1: Um, um, you know, that, that song also came, that was the first COVID song that I wrote. Um, oh, really? And, and I'll tell you the origin of that. I went down to the shop. That was the first time I said, I'm locking myself in, not coming back. And it was, you know, we're in, we're in, uh, Southern Iowa It can get windy down here oh, and, yeah. <laughs> um, my shop had big swinging doors on it and, uh, I didn't latch it one time. The wind came up, blew the whole door off my shop.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, and it, and, and, you know, it's an eight foot by six foot door blew the whole thing. It made solid wood, blew the whole thing off. And, uh, so that was like the initial inspiration. It's like, man, the wind's blowing hard today, which is how the song starts. And then not too long after that, if while I was, because I'd come up with, you know, like, oh, I should write a song about that. That's that's motivation. And then not too long after that, we had a, a tornado coming through um, south of Winterset. And there were some fatalities and total destruction of, of quite a few houses. And so that was on my mind about uh, when I was writing this song. And then I was like, what? Like, the, my, my shop door blew off what's the silver lining of that? You know, what, what could be a positive about that? It's like, oh, I could put it, I could put it, I've always wanted to put a garage roll-up door in instead of the swinging one because it didn't make any sense. I'm like, okay, that's a silver lining. It may be, it made me get this door. And I'm like, what could be the silver lining of, of this tornado? Not that there probably was one, but I'm like, how can we put a positive spin on a bad situation? And how can I write a song about that? So it's like, um the wind's blowing hard today um and then it's like you know hope it's hope hope it's blowing in the right direction for me
0: Uh uh-huh you
1: know put to put me on this path to help me to see where i should be you know uh which is the the the, the initial lyrics of it and it's like man um i think i'm onto something here and i just stay down there and I, i don't know i probably wrote i mean i came back In probably an hour and a half it was pretty much done and i hadn't didn't change it a whole lot after that so i mean i obviously the more i played it the more i fine-tuned it um you know added added some uh uh, some minimal effects to it but the recording that i I sent you was a live recording i can't remember exactly if it was at one of the wineries or whatever that i recorded that at but i just felt that it, it turned out really nice
0: it really did and uh and for a live recording it came out extremely well and your live recording is also the one that's on spotify correct yes yep same one Mm -hmm. well this is a probably my favorite my one of my favorite i'm going to say one of my top five favorite songs so far that i've done in this podcast in the limited time i've done it but it's a really good song it's called ride on the wind with luke stutzman from winterset iowa at the end That's Luke Stutzman from Winterset, Iowa, and his song "Ride on the Wind." Luke, this is the segment of the show we call shameless self promotion. So, what's coming up in the rest of October, the rest of the year, and next year? Let's hear about some songs and CDs and merch and all that stuff.
1: Well, um, uh, right now, I just got uh, carpal tunnel surgery in my right hand, oh. so <laughs> my pick, in my in my picking hand. So I'm I'm off for the rest of this month. Um and october i don't have any live shows planned which may be a good thing i'm hoping maybe i can pick one up at uh, short notice uh, but i want to take time oxygen how long it would take to heal yeah um but i've been putting it off for so long it, it was definitely due um but i you know i got uh, gigs finishing out the year um a couple things the biggest things is i just signed with uh midwest artist group out of uh, other well, they're a little bit outside of cincinnati that's uh, huge for, for booking and promotion um so you'll be able to go out here uh soon and they do uh the booking through them um they they also are creating a web page and everything which is which is really cool super awesome guys up there uh, they also have a studio so i'm going to hopefully get up there um before winter and uh try to record uh the rest of these songs um the the probably eight of the nine I think I want to put on and then we'll see if I want to do them as a, uh, an acoustic deal or, or at a band I haven't mm-hmm. decided yet I'd like to do both, but recording with a band is really expensive as you probably know. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so we'll see, maybe I'll just do some more live and uh, do them all live and, and see how it goes. I think they're, uh, some, something's magical about that. If you hit them right. Um so
0: many artists that I meet will, will do will they'll, they'll load up on live shows to pocket some change so they can afford to go to the studio mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and then they miss that when they're in the studio they miss that interaction they're like i wish we recorded this live you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah right
1: yeah it's just so hard to get a nice clean sound and that's why i think playing some smaller shows or, mm-hmm. or some uh wineries or orchards and stuff like that to where the crowd's not super chatty and they're just kind of there to, to listen um you can get some really good sound and so hopefully i'll do i'll do that we have a uh a winery in town here. Yeah, um, C- cover Bridges Winery that I play at quite a bit, and that that that's a venue that you can get some really good sound from. Um, so hopefully, yeah, by uh, by mid winter and of winter, I'd like that that record done. Yeah, pants, hopefully pants,
0: t shirts, stickers. Yeah, and...
1: I uh, I ran out of t shirts, but I'll be I'm gonna I'm putting in a new order for t shirts um, coming up too. So um, you can find those on Facebook. Venmo is accepted if uh, somebody wants
0: to do
1: some live and solo shirt. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And hopefully the, uh, like I said, I'll have all the rest of those tracks out on Spotify and Apple music. And, uh, and I'm going to re- continue to do the, uh, one mic, one Iowa. So hopefully I have some more tracks out on that, uh, oh, the cool. YouTube page, one mic, one Iowa, uh, which, which is also something cool to wear, um, local original Iowa artists can come in and, and, uh, just do one mic one take um
0: that's it you walk in you sit and down you it. play you're done
1: that's it yeah no no backing tracks just you and whatever instrument you want to play and it's black shot black and white kind of old school
0: and that's so um, cool and you're I'm on there guess. now you're on there now
1: yeah i'm on there now i got uh i got down 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 and uh confess on there now okay so i'll probably uh, i may release some of the other ones on there as well i just think it's a cool uh just kind of a cool old school way it's to do it. It's a really cool a con- medium,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Just a condenser mic, and and you just get one shot to do it. That's, That's awesome. Kind of cool. So,
0: Well, keep yeah. it up. Keep up the good work. Keep writing, man. This has been a really good interview and really a lot of fun. And a real pleasure just to have met you. And I'm yeah, sure we'll be, we'll be seeing you uh, at the CMAs someday in the, <laughs> the distant future. Luke Stutzman, our guest from Winterset, Iowa. We're going to wrap up Iowa tomorrow with Patrick The Gathering on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.